This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. The Radio Memories Network is brought to you in part by Liberated Syndication. Podcast publishing made easy. Libsyn.com. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com. Thrillers, thrilling mystery, espionage, and political intrigue? Step into the world of action and psychological twist. Join us as we go back to the early days of radio and our imaginations with our featured thriller presentation. Episode 4. Wrongfully framed for a murder, Terry Prince is trying to find out who really did it. His suspicions fall equally on the government's internal security department and on gangsters from London's underworld. within my tent. All the world hunts me like a wild animal. All night I toss and turn. Sturley dead, the editor dead, my brother dead. In the light of dawn I see a letter pinned to the flap of my tent. Phone a certain number, it says, or else. My last cover is blown. this. Never you mind, just listen. We've got you by the short and curlies. Start cooperating or we turn you in. Understood? Understood. Yeah. Instructions pertaining to part two of your contract. Part two? Part one was half inch in the file, remember? Part two is the nasty bit. Instructions for it will be found in the same locker at Blackfriars Station as part one. You cooperate with us, Sunshine, and we'll make sure you come to no harm. You might even live to an uncomfortable old age. Hello? Hello? What do you think, Hobson? Sir James? Was it suicide? You just seem to be spending a long time reaching a decision. Sturley sits himself down here at his typewriter, Sir James, puts a blank piece of paper in his typewriter, and then shoots himself. Yes. It's just I'm surprised he didn't type anything first. A suicide note or something. They usually do. 
He bought this typing paper yesterday. There's a receipt in the paper envelope here. He gets the first sheet out, obviously intending to type something. Quite a lot, to judge by the amount of paper he bought. Then he shoots himself. Mm, possibly, Sir James. No one heard the shot. There was a party down the street, teenagers. His wife and children, where are they? I believe Sterling and his wife had sort of separated, Sir James. Uh, she's living in Catford with her sister and the children. That would at least explain his recent instability. Uh, she hasn't been informed. Now, those were my instructions, Sir James. <sighs> I feel old. Let me sit down. Oh, a chair, Sir James. Uh, thank you. <sighs> Who informed the police? A slight mystery there. An anonymous call. This whole business is getting so sordid. You're fairly certain it's suicide, though. Yeah, there are no signs of a struggle or anything. The shotgun is in the correct position. There are no fingerprints on it other than his. It's his gun. The license is in order. Sterling had an obsession about firearms. It could just have been someone else, Sir James. A real professional, though. Hobson. Sir James? You are a junior officer, so to speak. I am a senior one. I would take you into my confidence. Well, thank you, Sir James. Our department finds itself in a very delicate situation. Sturley's suicide could not have come at a worse time. For the disciplinary tribunal. How on earth do you know that? Oh, uh, office gossip, Sir James. I just heard a rumour. Oh, the state my department is in. Hobson. Sir James? I want only one copy of your forensic report. No top copies, no photostats. Delivered by hand, your hand to me personally. Understand? You are to tell no one of either its findings or Sterley's death. But you Sir must James. be a soldier, Hobson. This department is at war. I have allowed things to slip. Now I am going to fight back. I require one week's secrecy at the most, and then all this mess can come out. Do you understand? Yes, Sir James. Lose Sterley's body just for the week in some obscure morgue. Uh, can you manage that? Of course. It's only a matter of paperwork. Careful paperwork. I'm not breaking the rules, Hobson, merely bending them for purposes of my own. You will have my full support, Sir James, and everyone else's in the department. I wish I had. I just... Wish I had. What happened? At Sturley's. You haven't heard? What? Nothing on the news. He's dead, Chris. What? Quiet, Chris. That copper over there. You mean... <laughs> Look, Chris, I know everywhere I go, the bloke I meant to meet just happens to be dead on arrival, but it wasn't me. I didn't even get a chance to talk to him. A shotgun done that already. Oh, no. It wasn't me. Excuse me. Can you tell me where is Buckingham Palace? You're off? clear off, will you? Get clear off! Terry, getting overexcited. It isn't just that, Chris. I'm blown. My cover's gone. They know all about my hiding place down on the Thames. Then how come you're not inside? Because now they want me to work for them. Who? Who are they? Wish I knew. <sighs> there was this note that stuck on my tent. Work for us, it says, or we turn you in. Every move I've made, they've had covered. You reckon you were followed, dear? Don't panic. I whirled round that bleeding inner circle so many times I almost took off. We're safe. For the moment. They're a very big outfit, whoever they are. Well organised. What's the job? Simple. All I've got to do to beat a triple murder rap is... commit murder. Very neat. Very complete. 
The sun shines hard on the spotless pavements of Piccadilly. Suddenly I'm cold, Terry. Very cold. Who've you got to dispatch? Ah, that's a clever bit. No names. Just a specific time, a specific place, and they guarantee he or she will be there, ready and waiting. It's all in this envelope for the instructions. You want a butcher's? No, not here, no. Too much love and peace about. Come to my flat, 37 Dorset Terrace, Brixton, after 11 tonight. It's safe. As safe as anywhere these days. Security in this department is appalling, Willie. Falling apart at the seams. Kim Philby could walk in here without a second look. I've decided security in this building is to be taken over by the Defence Ministry. What? They're sending in a team at midday. But they're an outside department, Sir James. I don't trust this department anymore. People wander around it as though they're in their club. From midday on, entrance to each section will be by a particular security pass. Only those with a need to know will be granted access. You mean, Sir James? I mean, Willie... I alone will have access to every section. Well, I'm sure we'll all get used to it given time. But I would argue in all seriousness, Sir James, that this department is in the midst of a crisis, a terminal one, quite possibly. If we're going to survive it, we're going to have to be quick on our feet, flexible, be able to respond wherever the threat comes. If we're tied down by miles of red tape... Precisely. What happened under the old system? Anyone could wander anywhere. Someone could just casually turn up at armaments and without even as much as a buy-or-leave doctor the books. Security. Someone could saunt into Sturley's zone and steal his files. I thought it had been proved that was Sturley. Nothing has been proved, Willie. Well, it was all going to come out at the tribunal. I thought that was what he wanted to see me about, the tribunal. There isn't going to be a tribunal. What? It has been postponed. Why? I have further to inform you, Willie, that as from this moment... You will have access only to your own section. But, uh, when you return to your houseboat, you will discover your passport has been removed. If you do have friends at the Soviet Embassy, I would advise you not to try to contact them. Oh, this is insane. Where's Sterley? I want to have it out with him once and for all. Where is Sterley, Willie? Don't you know? Always like Brixton. Lives on its streets. Not like the rest of London these days. Folks barricade themselves in behind the front doors, sink in front of the tellies, shut out the real world, hope they'll wake up next morning to discover it's vanished like a bad dream. But here... Red lip, ma. Red lip. Nah, not tonight, thanks. Ain't you got no joy in your life, brother? Afghan blood. No joy in my life, no nothing in my pocket. Be seeing your mom. Smells, sights, sounds. Human nature rich on the streets, plucking its stretched nerves and making music. Can't they shut that bleeding round next door? You mean my dear black brothers? Our rasters have this idea, Terry, that if you build a large enough sound system, you'll bring down the walls of Jericho. Besides, it comes in handy sometimes. Yeah? Thanks to wall-to-wall dreadbeat, my room's impossible to bug. Now, where's that envelope? Here. What's the deal? Ten grand on completion of the job. They're big, Terry. New passport, ticket to Australia, new life, and plastic surgery if I want it. I'd take them up on the plastic surgery. <laughs> you gonna sign on the dotted line? No. They killed my brother. You haven't got much option. The triple murder rap. There must be another way. I've been racking my brains. You nervous or something, Chris? No, of course not. 
I just thought it was an either-or job. I need your advice. They got me in a corner. Where's the killing, Terry? Oxford. Even provided me with a map, see? Here, a mansion beside the Thames, out in the countryside, south of Oxford. God, they're thorough. If only our magazine could have a hundredth of the resources these people have. See? There's an outdoor swimming pool, floodlit at night, round the side. It's surrounded by trees. At 11pm precisely, it says, this Saturday night, Target will approach pool. As Target arrives at pool, it is to be dispatched. What a homely use of English. The Target is probably a senior member of the department. How do you figure that out? Internal security, like most of the establishment, recruits its senior members from Oxford. I mean, Cambridge have improved itself rather a liability in the 30s. For most of our ruling classes, Oxford was the greatest time of their lives. Polite servants, cloistered calm, no women. They're drawn back to it like a moth to a candle. Whoever owns that mansion is very senior. There's something been bothering me about Oxford, too. What? Well, my brother's boss, a big-time villain, he lives out near Oxford someplace. How do you know that? Keith phoned him from his office while I was there one day. Had an argument on the phone with his boss's boyfriend, some valley dancer. I got the code as he was dialing Oxford. What's a big-time criminal doing in Oxford, Terry? Nicking bicycles? Well-known fact, Chris. A villain earns some dishonest money and, like everyone else, puts it in a country cottage. Somewhere nice, quiet, relaxing, out of the eye of the old bill. Paddington Station's getting like a rogues gallery on Monday morning as they all commute into work. You might be able to write an interesting little article for New Society on that, Terry, but I doubt if there's any connection with this case. Well, that's just it, Chris. All the way through, there's been a connection. Intelligence services always use criminals. Not in Oxford. So, what do I do? I need advice, Chris. I don't think you've got any choice. You've got to go through with it. What? Up till the last second. When, instead of shooting the target, you ask him who he or she is. <laughs> He's sure to tell me. You use a polite voice, Terry, and you tell him why you're there. That should get his interest. And the answer as to which faction's doing this. You sure? You got any brighter suggestions? I'm coming with you. What? You think I'd miss a story like this? A major bloodletting and internal security. Traitors abounding, all unmasked by an intrepid Trotskyite hack in at the kill. Oh, the British establishment's going to take a beating it won't forget. But you're not cut out for rough stuff, Chris. Outdoor work. I was patrol leader in the Boy Scouts. I'll get me rucksack packed. Besides, our main problem's not going to be me, but getting you out of London. You're on more front pages than Princess Di. Don't bother about that. I've got a way figured out. You'll have to foot it, though. A regular route march. I'll survive. And there's another reason for having me along. Yeah? I know Oxford like the back of me hand. How's that? I went there, Terry. Blimey. You sure you're on the right side? Of course I am. Don't forget, Terry, I joined the revolution. Well, now you're joining the army. <sighs> A great western railway to Oxford. Yeah. And not quite the way you imagined it. The old to the south, the romantic lights of Slough. They'll be watching the stations, the trains, but not the track. While they're all looking the other way, we walk out of London, courtesy of the flattest footpath in the world. The steepest gradient between here and Didcot's, one in 1,320. Brunel's billiard table, they call it. You're a minor useless information, Terry. I'd tell us, eh? What was Prince Albert's inside leg measurement? Shouldn't mock knowledge, Chris. If you got it the hard way, like I have, then you treasure it. Prim, Terry. I think that's the word to describe you. Prim and Victorian. And you're the sort of over-educated job that's always boasting about how few books you've read. Yeah, except for those by the blessed K. Marks and L. Trotsky, that's pretty much true. 
As Lenin once observed, all intellectuals should be put up against a wall and shot. It's a common misconception, Terry, that you go to Oxford to read books and get educated. I mean, you go there to make connections, to meet the powerful and influential. Meet the right chaps at Oxford, play your cards cleverly, and you're set up for life. Books have nothing to do with it. Sounds like a bleeding auras to me. A very apt, if sexist parallel. When England isn't governed by intellectuals, but by power brokers. That's what you learned at Oxford. No wonder the country's in such a mess. Now, if IKB was in control of England... Who? Isambard Kingdom... Oh, him. Don't say it like that, neither. He was a genius. I know all about him. One of my heroes. He was just another exploiting capitalist. No, he wasn't. He had vision, determination... And a cigar. You got him wrong, Chris. He didn't sit in his office all day like they do now, playing Monopoly on the stock exchange. He was a soldier. Out here with his men, shoulder to shoulder, sharing the dangers, taking their risks. He ruled every fraction of his empire, from the poorest navvy to the greatest bridge and steamship. Every detail. Lead by example. Yeah, and where did he lead them? Into even greater enslavement. Into building the greatest piece of engineering in England. The Great Western Railway. Straight and level as any Roman road it is. Makes me feel quite patriotic just marching along it. I can see your political education is going to have to be taken in hand, Terry, as soon as we've got a spare moment. We're going to have to get you down to some hard books. Don't talk down to me, Chris. It's what the army gave me. Time to read books, learn to think for myself. I feel for this country. So next you're going to say I should have been in the army. Not far wrong. At least it would have taught you how to march. Come on, buck up. Ah, oh, sorry, Sergeant Major. Lift right, lift right, lift right, lift right. Linda. Willie. Mr Fortescue, you, you scared me. I apologise for lurking in your doorway thus. It's past midnight. And cold. I've got to talk with you. As you doubtless know, I've been barred from other sections of the department. I was told, yes. I won't stay long, but I've got to find out a thing or two. All right. Come in. A very neat flat, Linda. Small but functional. Please sit down on the sofa. You look a bit shocked. Life's little worries, eh? <laughs> Twenty-four hours ago, I was suavely whining and dining you, making patronising remarks about your youth and beauty. Now, <laughs> I suppose the stiletto's on the other foot, and I don't even have your looks. I think a drink would do you good. It would. Scotch, please. Neat, and lots of it. Linda... I've simply got to know what's happening inside the rest of the department. Why? Because I'm part of it. It's my life. For all my suave, cynical exterior, I actually care about it, its future, what goes on. Do you know what Sterley's up to? I have had explicit instructions from Sir James. I can't talk. You drink. You're very generous. Mm. <clears throat> I needed that. What happened to the tribunal, Linda? Willie. Something must have happened to Sterling. That's the only explanation. What do you mean? Well, has he been uncovered as a Russian mole or something? Defected? Please, I need to know. Why? Because, for all the suave exterior, I'm fighting for my life. All sorts of accusations are obviously being made behind my back. I think you're just getting a trifle paranoid. Oh, 
Sweet, Linda. I wish I just had a drop of your self-assured sang-froid in my face. Such youthful disdain. You look very beautiful tonight. Forgive a foolish old man. I wish I felt it. Sixteen hours we've just had, grinding through the files in records. Doing what? All right, don't answer that, I can guess. Going through past histories. Especially mine. Everyone's, not just yours. Willie, why do you think Sturley is a Russian mole? Well, just a logical deduction, that's all. He's the last person I'd have thought. If you wish to subvert internal security in the cause of Soviet imperialism, do you go in waving a copy of Das Kapital around your head and singing the Internationale? Or do you go in as a fervent red-hater and spend years disrupting the department in fruitless diggings for imaginary moles, shooting everybody's concentration and confidence to tatters? Well, it was Sturley, after all, who was endlessly telling us how he came from Barnsley. Little Moscow, he called it. Linda, what's Sir James' attitude to all this? It's the one thing I can't work out. It's as though he's panicked. What's his line? I don't think Sir James is the sort to panic. Well, all this unnecessary shutting of the department, security passes, guards. What on earth's going through his head? You don't believe Sir James would tell me, do you? A mere woman. Oh, how he's managed to keep the minister in place. Hmm? That I do know. Apparently, even estate agents have their murky little secrets from oh, the past. What on earth could they be? Once wore his garters crossed at a Masonic function? <laughs> even worse. Certain building contracts were not 100%. And the opposition? One or two of his more persistent questioners in the house have been reminded of some of their own more spectacular peccadilloes. Nights in Hamburg, weekends in Skegness. Everyone has their moments. Sir James is just buying time. Till the weekend, you mean? Oxford. Oh. That worries me. Sir James went down this evening to make preliminary preparations. The whole concept of this weekend has changed so radically. Originally, the idea was to go down there informally to unwind, let our hair down, so that in a relaxed environment we could come up with some practical ideas of the future. But now he seems to be turning it into some sort of Spanish Inquisition with Starlag security arrangements all round. Don't worry, Willie. The only thing that will come out is the truth. Ah, oh, the voice of innocence. Truth is a commodity, Linda, not an absolute. It can be traded back and forth, in and out. In our world, truth is negotiable. Yes, Willie. Linda, would you do me a favor? As you're going through the files, could you let me know if you stumble across anything unusual about Sir James, his past? Unusual? Unexpected, untoward. Please. It's important. I need to know. All right. You're very kind. I'd better be going. I'm sorry I couldn't say any more, Willie. No, there's one thing to be said for all this sorry mess we find ourselves in. Yes? At least some members of the department have started treating others like human beings, not mere pawns. Goodbye, Linda. Willie? Yes? I'll be catching the 6.52 from Paddington Friday evening. We could travel up to Oxford together. Yes, compare notes. That would be lovely. A word of advice, Willie. Yeah? Don't wear that tie you've got on. You know Sir James. If I want to stay in his good books, you mean? One glance at that in the interrogation room. Oh, the proverbial red rag. It is slightly loud. Incidentally, talking of attire, 
Don't forget to bring a swimming costume. Sir James owns the most palatial swimming pool. What makes you think I wear a swimming costume, Willie? I'm not quite sure how I should answer that, Linda. Till Friday, Willie. Good night, Linda. Hello? Linda Taylor here. Is he in? Oh, I see. Could you tell him I've called? Yes. I've got important information. Tell him I'll phone him first thing in the morning. Amazing, isn't it? What? 400 tonnes of gleaming high technology, all electronics, flashing steel, power pounding past at 125 miles an hour. But here, 10 yards off in the embankment, you get wilderness. Shrubs, trees, grasses, rare orchids, badgers, rabbits, foxes, all sorts. Is that white throat? Oh, yeah. Got a nest in that hawthorn bush. Observant, aren't you, Terry? I've been watching it since I woke up. You could have an army hid in this undergrowth. No one would be the wiser. British Rail might object. Oh, British Rail wouldn't ever know. You like that, don't you? The idea of wilderness and the art of England. You being able to disappear into the middle of it. Yeah, I got that from the regiment. When they used to turn you loose on the Brecon Hills. A desolation up there. Love it almost as you learn its ways and habits. It's never right, though, coming back to civilian life. Not when you've lived like that. Why did you leave the army? I had to, didn't I? Over in Northern Ireland, me and some of my mates got into borrowing money from banks without running up no overdraft. Robbing them? Got found out. <laughs> Great days, though, the regiment. Comradeship. If you've got to trust a bloke with your life, you'll trust him with anything. I think Time Out would describe you as a Mako proto-fascist. Like when we was in Arabia. We was fighting alongside these Arabs, tribesmen from the hills, furkas we called them. Fierce they was, hard as nails and treacherous as snakes. But I loved them, that wildness in their eyes. Only one way to lead them there was, showing them your courage. You used to forget yourself, you did. Became pure, hard as the desert and the rock and the sunlight around you. Then they expect you to come back and live in this dump, this garbage heap. No comradeship here, no helping your mate. Dog eat dog, laundromats, bingo and one-armed bandits. Thanks for coming, Chris. Being at my side. From the deserts of Arabia to the green rolling downlands of Commuterland. Same thing, Chris. Important things, trust, honour, courage. They're the same the world over. What's that? Over there, by the electric pylon. A helicopter. Jeez, it's coming straight for us. Get down! Down!
We'll have to wait until after the weekend to find out what happens next. In part four of Deep Six by John Fletcher, Terry was played by Freddie Lees, Thompson by John Abinari, Sir James Simpson by Conrad Phillips, Hobson by David Sinclair, Chris by Elwyn Johnson, Fortescue by Hubert Reese, and Linda Taylor by Madeleine Kem. It was directed by Brian Miller. Has the winter season taken a toll on your tile, upholstery, carpet? Call Cyclone Cleaners, 570-726-6200. For all your carpet, upholstery, and ceramic tile cleaning needs, it's Cyclone Cleaners. Also offering odor treatment and soil and stain guard. Choose the only cleaning company that supplies the water to clean your home and disposes of it when they are finished. Call Cyclone Cleaners to schedule your cleaning today, 570-726-6200.